Hey everyone, we're going to dive right into an email. Hi Zena, Megan, and John. Margie from Delaware here. I don't think I remember hearing a discussion about werewolf movies, which is not true. We discuss werewolf movies all the time, but mostly in passing. But it's like, werewolf movies exist. Zena likes them. She talks about them. What are your top favorites? Mine are Dog Soldiers, The Howling, Wolfen, and American Werewolf in London, and The Werewolf from the British series Being Human, which I haven't watched. Uh, well, thanks, Margie. So I'm going to hand it right over to Zena because I'm sure you got all kinds. I do. I, I love werewolf movies. I, I personally feel like we do not have enough. So great question, Margie. Hello. Okay. So the first one I have to mention, which I know we all watch this one now, um, the Brazilian movie, Good Manners. It is, yeah, it's very lengthy, but it doesn't feel like it. And it also feels magical. Um, it's on Sling TV and Shudder, I believe. Uh, also, Late Phases. It's on Peacock, 2014. And I have to mention Cursed because it just makes me happy. I know it's a little cheesy, but it's fun. It's on Hulu and HBO. Bad Moon on Peacock. Um, I promise, I didn't, I'm not giving all of the werewolf movies, okay, guys? That's okay. Give them all. I don't mind. I, it, Fills in my gaps. <laughs> okay. Um, and then also Silver Bullet. I feel like this one is so underrated. I feel like not enough people talk about it. It's just so awesome. And it's also kind of like a... Okay, that's too much detail. All right. It's, it's on Amazon and it's on Apple TV. And then if you want something lighter and fun, um, My Mom's a Werewolf. That one's really cool from the late 80s. That one's a good time. It's on Amazon. And um, the girl from Friday the 13th, uh, New Blood, she's in it. The one who plays Maddie, she gets a makeover, but she, no one gets to see her makeover. Okay. All right. And then, um, of course, I have to mention The Howling because it is a classic. And as much as I love The Howling, part four is actually my favorite. Um, hmm. The original nightmare with the writer in the woods and her little dog. And her husband is a mess. So there you go. <laughs> How about you, Megan? Uh Obviously, a lot already covered. So I will fill in with uh, 1941's The Wolfman. The Company of Wolves. I don't know that Ginger Snaps got mentioned yet, but I love that one. No. And if you want, like, pure, silly horror comedy, I am a huge sucker for Wolf Cop and Another Wolf Cop. <laughs> I haven't seen Another Wolf Cop. I heard it's good, though. Yeah, I think it's better than the first one, which kind of, you know, the first one's like an intro to this this world. Sure. And the only thing I have to add to that is Teen Wolf. <laughs> Literally the only other wolf-related one. And I feel like I recently just watched a werewolf movie. One of the last ones that you guys assigned to me. The guy lives in his trailer, like out in the woods, and his sister... But she, she mentioned that one, yeah. That was Bad Moon. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, all I could think of beyond that was Good Manners, too. and Which is still available on Shutter. I think I just saw it yesterday when I was scrolling through there. Um, real quick, since we are talking about werewolves, can any of you howl? No. No? Nope. Oh, you you howled. <laughs> you howled for us before. Okay. Yeah. But I've been practicing. So I'm, oh, I'm still trying to okay. perfect it. <laughs> Maybe next well, time. Go, oh, you, go. you're just going to tease it and then not do yeah, it? Yeah, because I don't want to be the only howler. Like, we all have to howl together. We're a pack, you know? <laughs> but we haven't been practicing. Packs yeah, are supposed to fair. fill us in that we're supposed to be rehearsing. <laughs> well, we'll we'll rehearse another time. Okay. We'll work on that. That okay. that will be a very special Christmas episode. <laughs> a gift to all. <laughs> or a lump of coal. I don't know. 
Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I was really tempted to yell out, I'm John. Not gonna. <laughs> I'm John. <laughs> If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, you know what's been filling your heart this week? Well, I rewatched the movie Soul Survivor from 1983 or 1984, depends on where you source it. Um, it's on YouTube. It's the only place that I could find it, actually. And I've been looking for like my own copy of it, but it's been hard to find it. Um, a guilt-ridden survivor of a plane crash is haunted by a feeling of, of a feeling of unworthy of survival. Soon she finds herself being constantly watched and stalked by mysterious strangers. So before Final Destination and It Follows, there was this movie. And I mean, obviously the plots are different, but you can definitely see like the homage. You know, it's still definitely there. Um, so there's this woman named Denise Watson. She survives like this huge plane crash and she's the only survivor and that's crazy. And people were just like, whoa, how did that happen? You know, and people are intrigued at first, um, at first, but then she starts seeing like these strange people. They're just, they're just watching her. And, um, it's like, they're determined to get her to do what you have to watch it to find out, you know? So, uh, this is the same director, um, who also wrote and directed Night of the Comet and Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I highly recommend checking this one out. I feel like for some reason, it's like this one slipped in the cracks or something. Um, there's a lot of symbolism about guilt and death and more. And I, I don't know. I feel like if you like movies that have a lot of tension, uh, ghosts, like gruesome entities and like the soundtrack is so like, wow. Like, I think that you should check it out. And even though obviously this movie was released in the 80s, it doesn't feel like an 80s movie. It feels different from some of the other ones, especially around that time. So, cause I know like around what, 1983, we had like Cujo, Christine, Mortuary, you know, so it's like different mm -hmm. and stuff. But yeah, um, if you like eighties movies and you haven't seen it or you want to watch something a little bit different, now I wonder, recommend this one. I wonder if like the, I think it's a code red disc. I might've gotten it from Diabolique a long time ago, I think. Oh, nice. It makes me wonder if it's out of print now. It's a DVD. Like, it needs to be yeah. upgraded. But yeah, I have this one on DVD. It's really good. That's so awesome. I knew that she would like it, Megan. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that one was really cool. So then the next one I watch is a new one for me uh, called Thirst from 2019. A drug addict is arrested and um, accused of murdering her brother. Um, after she's let go... She meets this like thousand year old gay vampire and together they fight a cult Why? while being investigated by this rogue detective. So I'll just get straight to the point when it comes that to this movie. That sounds kind of awesome. It is. It, it's, it's a very, very awesome movie. Um, it's like a Icelandic comedy um, horror vampire movie. But there are a lot of penises in this movie and the penises actually get bitten off and they show it. So there's a lot of blood. There's like buckets and buckets of blood. And I mean, it's funny, but it's just like unexpected. Because when I saw that, like, and like, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, it's in trailers. 
<laughs> so if Piranha 3D was a little much for you, it was, it was just difficult. unexpected. Because I just thought, okay, this is, is going to be a comedy horror, you know, but I didn't think they would actually show it. And they show it multiple <laughs> times, like every 20 minutes or so, you know? Those so, Europeans, man. But yeah, no, honestly, it, it is really cool. It's cool to see, like, um, these two, like, team up together because with this drug addict, like, you know, she's not someone that you think that you could rely on. And she's trying to also clear her name and she has issues with their with her mother. No one really quite knew their knew the brother that died and stuff. And then when she meets this vampire, he's really cool. Like he's so smooth and everything like that. So yeah, it's it's very inventive. It definitely grabs your attention from, from the start. Like the first five minutes had me hooked. So yeah, of course this isn't gonna be for everyone, but if you don't mind genitals being ripped off, I recommend checking it out. And who does Did, mind that? I, really? I'm not gonna lie. Do you have you seen porno? Not yet. It's been on my list. <laughs> I keep going past it on Shutter. I feel like I should. I saw that at a film festival and probably embarrassed myself with how badly I was cackling in the theater at some, <laughs> at some penis trauma. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. And I guess what makes it, I mean, for me, what makes it worse is, you know, whenever I watch things, like I said, I thought it was just going to be a comedy horror with a lot of blood. And normally I'll watch it like in my office or in my room. But I was like, you know what? I want to hang out in the living room. I deserve happiness. <laughs> so, and whenever I do that, my father-in-law always catches me. <laughs> he always catches me. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I checked out. Awesome. Yeah, let's follow up some penis trauma with uh, <laughs> Hush. I watched Hush. No penis trauma. Hand trauma, though, because Mike Flanagan loves to really mangle some hands. I've been wanting to revisit since Midnight Mass because, you know, it's the lead character and Hush is the author of Midnight Mass. Um, well, technically it's Mike Flanagan, but within his little universe there. It's on uh, Netflix. It came out in 2016. Uh, Maddie is deaf and mute. She is an author who's kind of isolated herself in the woods to live a solitary life and uh, Mass Killer shows up and it's a crazy intense fight for survival. Um, I love the suspense in this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's really much to say because I feel like this one's pretty well, like every, everybody's seen it and, and likes it or for the most part likes it. Um, but yeah, I, I love John Gallagher Jr. I think he normally plays the nice guy so well, which means he also plays creepy really, really well. <laughs> So, yeah. And I also, I mean, I like that, you know, Michael Trucco and, and uh, Samantha Sloyange, they both are in, uh, well, all three, Kate Siegel, the three of them are in Midnight Mass as different characters. But I like that it's like, it's almost adds this meta layer to it when you go back and revisit Hush. And I also like that the cat, she has a cat and the cat does just fine. Unlike the cats in Midnight Mass. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I guess that's a spoiler, but that happens way at the beginning of Midnight Mass, so there you go. Um, but yeah, I watched that. It was fun. And then I watched another extra fun movie that I know that Xena loves, uh, Tag. Not yeah. the comedy, but it is <laughs> it is comedic. It's the 2015 Sion Sono movie. It is currently on Tubi. A girl's life cascades into chaos as everyone around her suffers gruesome fate while she becomes less certain of who she is. This movie is bonkers. 
you will not <laughs> you will not predict like from the opening frame it's like two traveling school buses filled with girls and they're happy and they're having a grand old time and they're pillow fighting because that's a thing yes it is it is it is a thing in john's world um but augusta wind comes along and slices everybody in half and it keeps chasing her and there's you know blood splurting everywhere and everybody she comes encounter with she's trying to warn them that they get bisected and it's good times. You mean like ghost ship style? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, she just, you know, like right after that, she arrives at school and she's warning everybody and everybody's like, you're crazy. And then she just seems to settle back in like, okay, that just didn't happen. Um, and I'm not going to continue on with where it goes from there, but it just gets so strange, the series of events and how crazy violent gore happens to her everywhere she goes and she starts questioning mm -hmm. herself and where it ends up is really kind of clever and really very Sion Sono like that's all you can do to describe it it's a Sion Sono movie period yeah uh, so yeah if you want really weird out there horror comedy that goes heavy on the bloodletting I, I recommend it <laughs> And by comparison, I feel like my picks are pretty mellow, all things considered. I saw 2021 Seance on Shudder at the prestigious Fairfield Academy, an elite boarding school for girls. Six friends jokingly engage in a late-night ritual, calling forth the spirit of a dead former student who reportedly haunts their halls. Before morning, one of the girls is dead, leaving the others wondering what they may have awakened. All right, so that sums up like the first five minutes of this movie that in no way tells you the rest of this movie. <laughs> this one, I think I heard about on another podcast and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's on shutter. Um, and it's by the, it's by the team who did, um, uh, you're next. Mm -hmm. So of course, not the team, why not given that the one guy, no, it's, it's Simon. Simon. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Simon Barrett. Yeah. Adam yeah. Wingard isn't involved. Uh, gotcha. Um, and in that vein, it feels like you're next in a way. It's like kind of supernatural you're next-ish at some point. I don't want to give anything away. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, re it's really good. It involves boarding school girls who are not afraid to punch each other in the face. <laughs> like aggressively so. Like I was, there's a scene pretty early on where I was like, whoa, that one's not messing around. Do you non-aggressively punch somebody? Uh, I don't think you see in horror movies a lot of times girls grabbing another girl by the hair and just punching her in the face over and over again <laughs> with a closed fist. It's a lot of slapping or something, but this girl was like, oh. A lot of pillow fight it, disputes, right? It, it was not so much pillow fighting. Uh, I loved, like, by the time you get to the end, you're also it really kind of keeps you wondering what the hell's going on mm -hmm. up until the end because it kind of meshes genres a little bit to the point where it keeps you wondering like, but what is happening? And then you get to a twist at the end and then it kind of twists again. Uh, it's really enjoyable. It's confusing. It's, it's, it's not, it's not confusing in a way like it's hard to follow, but at least me, maybe other people predicted this. I don't know how somebody could watch this movie and be like, oh, I see what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like even if you guess the right answer, you're still only like 50% right of what's actually going on. But I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, if this is, you know, just another example of what the next Scream movie is going to be, like how they treat like the female leads as not being like, which is perfectly in the vein of Scream. Sydney is not weak. Gail is not weak. They go after Ghostface, and that's definitely within the vein of at least, you know, at least half the team, I suppose, when you're looking at like their next and Seance. I, I really can't wait to see the new Scream now. <laughs> I feel like they are a perfect setup for their how they handle horror and how they handle uh, female protagonists and how they handle um, just like going after the bad guy mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah, it was it was good. Definitely, I I totally recommend it. Seance on Shutter wasn't what I was expecting. Definitely worth a watch. I think it's cool that you like that movie. And it's so normally so far outside my wheelhouse because it involves like spoiled rich kids in boarding school. Like normally I don't want to watch that, especially like they hate, they're mean to each other. <laughs> like I don't need that, but it worked. You know, there, there was, having never been to an all girls boarding school. <laughs> you don't say. I don't, I don't have any idea how accurate any of these relationships are but i enjoyed watching them i enjoyed watching the interactions and you know obviously they can't get away from whatever level of cattiness to the new girl etc but it was enjoyable and like i said kept me guessing to the point where i got to the end and i was like oh which i always appreciate too and then completely random out of left field I was scrolling through AMC Plus on Amazon like, um, what is this? What's going on? And I randomly stopped at this movie, watched the trailer, and I'm like, this works. 1981's Just Before Dawn, which I watched on the AMC Plus app on Amazon. Five young people venture into the backwoods of Oregon to claim a property and find themselves being stalked by a hulking, machete-wielding psychopath. So this is exactly what it sounds like. This is, first of all, it's funny to call them teens. I don't think they're supposed to be teens, but I also know, recognize the leads like Chris Lemon and Greg Hardy from other movies, and they don't look that different from when I saw them in other movies and TV shows like 20 years later. So I look at them now like, were you 40 when they filmed this? I don't (laughs) quite know what's going on. So calling them young people, but it's young people getting messed with in the woods. And... It just kind of hit my spot. It was just kind of a classic woods slasher. A lot of the horror actually happens during the day, which I feel like is a little bit unique in its own way. It's not reinventing the wheel by any means. But something I realized, and I read an article in Bloody Disgusting, I think yesterday, uh, talking about comparing the original April Fool's Day to the remake. Mm -hmm. And... One of the lines that really caught my attention was talking about just like the charmingness of the original. And I really feel that with so many 80s movies, like there's a certain level of charm amongst the characters. Like they might be cliche or tropey or whatever, but even in like the ham fisted delivery, there was like this certain level of like innocent charm to it because there was always the practical joker. 
there was always the one who would either tell bad jokes or try to fool the other people. Like it was like guaranteed, like you had to have that guy in it. And I feel like that person is largely gone in a lot of horror movies now replaced by either the like abusive boyfriend or a person who seems most likely to sexually assault somebody or just, or the person that nobody wants there in the first place. There, there, there doesn't seem to be like an inherent, like nice guy comedy relief sort of thing. Like it almost feels like the group dynamic from movies back then and movies now have just become more tense. Mm-hmm. Like the friend groups in the movies I watch and from newer movies, they don't really seem to like each other. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, whereas back then it was like, yeah, they hung out. They were just, they were stupid kids doing stuff. Like maybe that there was someone who they didn't like very much, mm-hmm. like in wax work or something. You had like a rich, like a rich girl that people are like, oh God, like she's always doing this or whatever. But there seemed to be at least some level of fondness for everybody. And now it's almost like an eye roll with a lot of groups. And I was like, yeah, like it, it bummed me out a little bit, but I totally agree with it. That maybe it was just within the trope of the time that they were just being formulaic in that regard. But it definitely brings a certain level of charm to the interaction. Like I don't need to actively dislike anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, maybe I roll my eyes at somebody, <laughs> but I don't need a reason for them to die. Again, I'm watching a horror movie. I know some of them are going to die. Right. Like, I don't need a reason. <laughs> like, my reason was starting the movie. So, yes. So, I enjoyed Just Before Dawn. Never heard of it before. Totally random. Just was like, I need an 80s, like, formulaic slasher, and this totally fit the bill. I I haven't seen this one. It been on my, it's been on my list for a while because really? uh, the director, he um, directed, and I think he also wrote that movie Squirm. With the worms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, Satan's Little Helper. So it's just like, it's been on my list for so long. He's the one who did Satan's Little Helper? Yes, he did. He wrote it and he directed it. So, Weird. so cool. So, yeah, it's available out there. It's, I think, I think I'm almost positive it was on AMC. Plus. I don't it, think it was IMDb. It's on Shudder as well. Oh, you know what? That's probably what it was. Is sometimes when I scroll through Amazon, like if I look on the AMC plus all the shutter stuff because they're with AMC is on there too. So yeah, totally recommend. It's just a good formulaic slasher does what it sets out to do. Okay. Before we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it? I watched soul survivor from 1983 on YouTube and thirst 2019 on shutter. I watched uh, hush on Netflix and tag on Tubi. And I watched seance on shutter and just before dawn, which is evidently also on shutter. All right, enough about how we've been brushing our teeth and watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? If you're enjoying BDTV, which is available for free everywhere you stream, including Roku Channel, Sling, Vizio, TCL, Rad TV, and the Bloody Disgusting app, uh, Bloody Disgusting is also slashing into Cynodyme's Screambox, a subscription-based streaming platform that relaunched with a killer new look and branding. Uh, Cynodyme has put Blighted Disgusting team in charge of managing and curating the Scream Box content going forward. As an additional added value, Blighted Disgusting TV channel will also be featured within the Scream, new Scream Box. So there's yet another uh, way to watch uh, Bloody Disgusting TV. Um, Bloody Disgusting continues to aggressively acquire new original content, uh, their catalogs of exclusives and digital premieres. 
Some of the more recent ones are Knife Corp, starring horror icon Kane Hodder. That slashed into the Screenbox app uh, as an exclusive this September. An eight-part original series, The Island, transports audiences to disease-ridden island off of the coast of Europe. That came in October. And uh, I think there was uh, Brain Freeze, this horror comedy that premiered at Brantasia. That's also part of Screenbox. So, um, Screenbox might be familiar to some of you. It was a streaming, like a horror streaming app that popped up a while back, but a lot of the stuff on there is kind of like Z grade. Uh, so obviously with Cynodyne behind it and putting Bloody Disgusting in charge, they are trying to make it something that's worthwhile. Uh, evidenced by some of those exclusives I just listed. And Barbara Crampton recently curated five movies to watch on Screenbox, including Society, Deep Red, The Taking of Deborah Logan, just to give you an idea that this is trying to be something other than what it was and, and give it an overhaul. Nice. Um, and speaking of more stuff to watch, potentially get excited for, uh, so George A. Romero's 1977 horror movie, Martin, it's centered on a man who believes he's a vampire. It's currently being restored by UK Second Sight Films uh, with a physical 4K Ultra HD release on the way. The restoration is nearing completion uh, with an expected release sometime in 2022, but now there's another version that we should be excited about, potentially. Uh, it seems that George Romero's 3.5-hour black-and-white director's cut has been found. It's something that was oh. considered long lost. Uh, Ronald Gorewood posted on Facebook, I simply can't say enough about the efforts of Kevin Kreese and the Living Dead Museum for locating the seldom, if ever seen, black-and-white 16-millimeter version of Martin. The director's cut of some three and a half hours in length was always Romero's preferred version. May it soon return safely to the custody of Richard Rubenstein and Braddock Associates for di digital revitalization and distribution. Uh, Ronald Gorewood is an alias for the film's director of photography, Michael Gornick. In other words, this scoop seems to be like an illegit thing, even though there's no word at time whether or not the director's cut will be released to the, to the public. Um if that's going to affect any future releases like Second Sight Films release. Uh, the cut of Martin that we've all spent the last several decades watching runs at just 95 minutes long. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be loaded with extra footage. And it is normally I would think that, you know, 3.5 hours of a movie. Do we really need that much? Well, if you love the movie, sure. Uh, and as prolific as Romero was, I definitely think that that's something worth at least you know, pursuing, but I'm very intrigued that that's apparently Romero's preferred version of the movie. So interesting. Yeah. So it's the Snyder cut of Romero. I think that's a huge gap to make comparison wise, but we will go with it. Since Romero didn't actually do massive reshoots based off audience reactions to the original cut totally, of Justice League. Totally different styles, too. There will not be any action. There maybe, won't be a maybe, lot of slow maybe. motion in it. Who, who knows? But, yeah, I do. I like the, this kind of historical, archaeological find type stuff. I like that. I mean, especially with Romero. You look at the George Romero Foundation, who has been cataloging... He was prolific, very prolific. Not everything, a lot of what he did did not get made. So I absolutely love that there's like a, a cataloging of this stuff and that potentially could reach the public someday. 
Um, well, I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say real quick, you know, I always feel like the movie felt a little bit incomplete, you know, like just the way it ended. So I don't know. I'm, I am intrigued, especially because he says that, well, George Romero saying that he preferred that version, that mysterious yeah. version. Just give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> just give it, give it. But yeah, that's really, that's, it's wild. I like that stuff like that still can be found. Um, I think it's, I think that's the sort of thing that captivates me. Like anytime I, probably part of the whole found footage aspect of why I like found footage, but also like VHS tapes and, you know, like faces of death and et cetera, video nasties. It's this idea that that was just probably sitting in someone's basement or a storage room or an attic. And all of a sudden like, oh, look at this almost priceless piece of cinema for horror fans. Like it's just been sitting in a box. Yeah. Like what? What do you mean? And next to that box is Event Horizon because <laughs> still waiting. And like film degrades over time too. Yeah. You don't properly take care of it. So yeah, it's it's insane. Um, and then totally switching gears, this more in line with the Zack Snyder type of stuff. That, <laughs> uh, <laughs> superheroes, they're embracing horror in a big way. Uh, the Morbius trailer dropped, if you wanted to go check that out. And uh, it was announced that Gail G- Garcia Bernal was star in Marvel's werewolf-themed Halloween special for Disney+. Plus. Uh, that Halloween special for Disney+, Plus was announced over the summer. Um, which obviously it's next Halloween, not this Halloween. Uh, but the project was said to be centered on a werewolf character, which led to natural speculation that it was going to be revolving around werewolf by night, uh, a comic book series, but it's not. Isn't there a werewolf named Wolfsbane too, or something like that in Marvel? Probably. Not sure. But I don't, I don't know if it was a werewolf. I thought it was just like a like kind of like beast was an animal. Oh, I thought yeah, Wolfsbane oh, was. Yeah, that could have been something like that too. Yeah, so this was like a werewolf by night has to do with an actual werewolf, which I mean it's not confirmed, but I think that's what people are hoping. Um, Gail Garcia Bernal was most recently seen in M Night Shyamalan's thriller Old, and they are set to, or he is set to star in the Halloween special. Um, the Werewolf by Night nickname actually applies to two different Marvel comic characters. First, Jack Russell back in the 70s, and most recently, new character Jack Gomez. Uh, notably, issue number 32 of Werewolf by Night comic series features the first appearance from Moon Knight, which is why this is also being speculated, oh, because Moon Knight is a series sure. that is coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, so, yeah, we could have... Like Moon Knight and a werewolf and Blade all on the same. Ooh. Like, yeah. And Moon Knight's Oscar Isaac, right? Uh, yes, correct. And Blade's going to be Marshal Ali? Correct. Gotcha. Oh, God, I can't wait for any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just a little bit of background, because I am unfamiliar with Werewolf by Night, but... um. Jack Russell is a descendant of the mystically altered offshoot of humans known as lycanthropes. During the night of the full moon and the two nights surrounding it, he is forced to mutate into a werewolf, a large, powerful form, which is a hybrid of human and wolf, as if we didn't know what that is, uh, and loses his human intellect. Through a series of events, he's also capable of mutating voluntarily outside of the full moon, and that's where he can retain re- uh, remains in control. So that's kind of a new, fun twist. It's like he could be a werewolf voluntarily and still be, you know human at least uh, intellectually but yeah that he's just a savage wolf on the full moon (laughs) 
Sounds like more content for Margie. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Prefer 3.5 hour-long horror movies? <laughs> if so, um, why? Let's hear about it. You can't knock it until you see it, though. It, it's true. It's just that's that's a lot. Like the Snyder <laughs> cut was, the Snyder cut was a lot. I have not and seen th- it. Me neither. It, I had it. I based, I had to just turn it on in the background because I knew I wasn't going to sit through a four-hour movie. And I mean, it was good, but it was like, whoa, that's excessive. Now that said, if they want to start like making Dune movies that are four hours long, I'll watch that because Dune is see? awesome. See, see, you like Dune? You're willing to watch four hours? Like yeah. it, it's different strokes. Somebody might be dying to see a four-hour cut of Martin. I didn't say they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, Zena, Zena's why? <laughs> because they like I it. Am... You're answering your question. That's fine. And let's hear about it. They can call us at two two four four seven five one zero four zero. Numbers also in the show notes. Or email us, be discussing podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Finally, Zena's gonna make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? Well guys, you have choices. You can check out Bloody Disgusting TV or Screenbox. It's your world. Live your <laughs> life, you know? Um on top of that, we also have uh, five movies coming out this week. So first we have Lair. It will be available on Tuesday the 9th. A man attempts to prove his friend's claim that he was possessed by a demonic force and overturn his murder conviction. The poster for this movie looks so awesome. I don't know if any of you guys see it. It rocks my life. Then also on Tuesday we have That Cold Dead Look in Your Eyes. It will be available on VOD. Things are not going well for for Leonard on the week of his 40th birthday. He's about to lose his girlfriend, his home, and his job. And to make matters worse he's experiencing strange hallucinations so poor Leonard (laughs) yeah that's a hard birthday it is it is then we have on Thursday the 11th Great White will be available on Shudder in this film two great white sharks circle five passengers aboard a stranded seaplane miles from the shore so if you like sharks and survival actiony movies you might like this one one day we're going to have to do a live video so people can see the dance moves that happen. <laughs> <laughs> then on Friday, we have two movies coming our way. We have Double Walker. It will be available on VOD. A young woman's ghost investigates the mysterious events that led to her own murder. And then last, we have The Accursed. It will be available on VOD. A family curse comes back to a haunted comes back to a haunted woman. <laughs> no, a family... <laughs> Yeah, I like that setup. Like, I I like that long line. Go with it. Somebody write that movie. We'll just say she's a haunted woman. But no, but really, A Family Curse comes back to a woman who's uh, been haunted over the last 20 years. And she's just been trying to suppress it. So, but yeah, that's what we have coming out this week. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs> <laughs>